This is Apply the Word, the teaching ministry of Pastor Ty Orr and Water Springs Church. Here's a preview from Pastor Ty of today's message. The point here is that it's to not love the priorities of the world, the value systems of this world, because God loves people. And we are called and expects us to do the same. We are to love our neighbor as ourselves. We are to love those around us with the love of God and share the love of Jesus Christ with them. We're even told to love our enemies and pray for those who spitefully use us. We're to love people. God loves all people in the world, and as believers, we should as well. However, it clearly states in His Word, you're not to love the world. When your love and loyalty for the values and things of the world fill your heart, love for God isn't in you. Today, Pastor Ty will exhort you, love God, reject the world, and seek His kingdom. The zeal and desire to follow and know God disappear when you love things, ideals, and priorities of the world. In fact, you can't love both God and the world. Choose God and His saving and sanctifying grace. Now here's Pastor Ty in the book of 1 John chapter 2 as he begins his message, Do Not Love the World. So as I said, our message is entitled, Do Not Love the World, from 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. And let's go ahead and read through these, and then we're going to come back and we're going to take them apart. It says this, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. And if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And so uh, real quick, in the margins of your Bible, uh, good Bible students, I want you to do something. And I want you to put two words next to 15. I want you to put, stop it. So what I want you to put, I want you to put, stop it. Do not stop it. If you're doing it, stop. Do not love the things of the world. And he goes on into verse 16. He says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Let me ask you a question, and just to kind of set our thoughts in the right place. It's like, if, if, you, if there's something that is going to burn you, would you choose not to touch it? Most of you would, right? Or you're very confused for the question. Let me, let, me, let me rephrase the question. If the stove is hot, you know it will burn you if you touch it. How many of you are going to touch it? Why? Why would you touch it? Is it really hot? Yep, it's really hot. I don't know. Is it, is it, is it that sinful nature? Is it like wet paint, right? And we see, ooh, wet paint. How wet? Is that, is that what, is that what's happening with us, really? See, if something is hot, we would choose not to touch it, but we keep playing with stuff that burns us. Have you noticed that? 
We keep playing with stuff in this life and these situations that hurt us and we play with fire even though we know that it's going to cause us to get burned. There are things in this world and the things of this world are temporary and we should not love them. We should not trust in them because when we do, we set ourselves up for an eternal destruction and that's a burn. I'm going to tell you that right now. So he says here in verse 15, he says, do not love the world. When he says, do not, like I said, stop it. Stop doing it. This is something that pastors want to yell all the time. We don't. We find verses to wrap around the concept. But somebody comes in and says, oh, you know, I'm I'm going through this thing in my life, and, and here's why. And we just want to go, stop it. Just stop it. You're hurting because you're doing something that's not right. So say it with me. Stop it. Yeah, isn't that great? It's so easy just to say, stop it. So he says, do not. So stop it. Do not love. I want you to think about this. Do not love. This is, this word for love here is agapao. Agapao. It's not agape. We're going to talk about that in a moment. This particular word is pronounced a little bit differently. Agapeo, and it speaks of love, it speaks of care, or it's, it's to have a great affection or care or loyalty towards. It's not, it, it's, you, you love something and you're having the sacrifice. You want to give towards this thing. He says, do not have loyalty towards, affection towards what? The world. The Greek word here is cosmos. It speaks of this world that is created. The created realm considered distinct from the heavenly realm. So he says, do not love, do not have affection or care or loyalty towards the world. This world, don't have that affection. Now, some might say that this seems to be in contradiction with John 3.16. And John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Raise your hands if you are a whosoever. Right? I am a whosoever. I have believed and I am saved. Because it says whoever. And I have believed on Jesus. And it says in verse 17, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So what does John mean when he says, Do not love the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So what does that mean for us, and how do we practically wrap our minds around it? The point here is that it's to not love the priorities of the world, the value systems of this world, because God loves people. And we are called and expects us to do the same. We are to love our neighbor as ourself. We are to love those around us with the love of God and share the love of Jesus Christ with them. We're even told to love our enemies and pray for those who spitefully use us. We're to love people. And how many of you ever found it difficult to love unlovable people? Yeah. Come on, be honest. Some of you didn't raise your hand, and I think you needed to. Were you just busy taking notes? Right? Come on, right? We, all of us, have a difficult time loving difficult people, but God so loved the world, and trust me, we are a bunch of difficult people that he sent his son to die for us. And so we are also called to love people, but we are not to love the world's priorities. 
We are not to love the world's value systems. The world's values, they are contrary to God's value systems. And we're not supposed to embrace the world. We're supposed to embrace the things of heaven. We are citizens of heaven, amen? And so I want to embrace my citizenship, which is my citizenship of heaven. And so that's what I want to embrace. Not the, I don't want to embrace the things of this world. And so he says there, he says, do not love agapao, the world, cosmos, or the things in the world. Again, the word for cosmos. Uh, one more time. The focus here is on things, not people. We're supposed to not love things that are in this world. We are to love people and we are to be aware of the snares of materialism. How many of you have ever seen people get stumbled by stuff? You guys ever seen that? See, um, I used to watch a show called Hoarders. And then I started getting like PTSD from it. Uh, like I would see a mess and I'd start to twitch. And like people who just, they get so caught up in stuff that stuff consumes their life. And I've helped people clean out homes where there have been hoarders. And it's amazing to me how stuff can get in the way. Materialism can get in the way. Oh, I need that thing. I got to have that thing. And they do, oh, I got to have 400 of those things because I might, I might use one of them. Then I have 399 more. And so it's really strange. We get caught up in materialism. We're not to have a care for and an affection for the things of this world. We're not supposed to love materialism. As a youth pastor, I've seen this a lot. So a, a young gal, 14 years old, been on fire for Jesus since she was nine years old. Loving God, she takes up a leadership role in the church. She leads outreach teams. She goes out and she tells people about Jesus. And then she turns 15 and she can get a car. And as soon as she gets a car to have the car, then she has to have the job because she has to be able to pay for the car that she wants. And you know what happens to her zeal and her desire to follow Jesus and to serve Jesus? Do you know where it goes? Into the car. And then she no longer serves the Lord and eventually, literally, just drives away from him. Materialism is damaging to all of us, and we have to be careful. Loving things can prevent us from loving God and loving people because we can get all bent out of shape about stuff. You guys ever had that problem? You ever get bent out of shape about your stuff? How many of you have ever had a new car, brand new car? How many of you guys remember the first time you went out in the parking lot and there was a ding in your door? How many of you guys remember? You realized at that point you was driving an idol, don't you? How many of you got bent out of shape? Yeah, some of you are being honest. Nobody goes up to the brand new car and goes, oh, somebody hit my door, no big deal. We don't do that. We freak out a little bit because it's our stuff. Well, he says this and he continues on in verse 15. He says, if anyone loves, now this is present tense, by the way. It's not in the Eros tense. This is in present tense. If anyone loves in the present tense, the world, who, he who loves the world as a habit of life to the exclusion of any love for God. That's what this really is. So that person who loves in the present tense, the world as a habit of life. 
to the exclusion of their love for God. They love the world over God. By the way, this would be a person who we would consider unsaved. This would be an unsaved person who loves the world to the exclusion of loving God. And he says this, if anyone loves the world, the love, now this is interesting because now this is the word agape. Now this word agape, which is used in the New Testament sense of an unconditional love, it says the agape of the Father is not in him, in that person. That person who loves the world is not experiencing the love of God. They're not experiencing a relationship with God. That love of God, that compassionate love of God is available to them, but is not in them because they are loving the world in a, in that present tense to the exclusion of loving God. If that person, an unsaved person, in them, the love of the father does not exist as we just said, because that love for the father is generated in a heart of a yielded believer that has been filled with the Holy Spirit. But secondly, the love of God does not dwell in them as a ruling principle of their life. So let me ask you this. And I, I got to be honest, I, I don't watch the news as much as I used to. In fact, I almost don't watch the news at all anymore because I just want to stand there and throw things at the TV and yell, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. That's what I want to do, right? But how many of you get frustrated when you see the sin in the world? You guys get frustrated? Yeah, we do. We get frustrated when we see the sin in the world and we get all bent out of shape. But let me help you with something. Why are we as the church surprised when sinners act like sinners? Are you with me on that? Why do we get surprised? Why do you and I get surprised when a sinner acts like a sinner? They're sinners. They're godless. The love of Jesus Christ, the agape love of God is not in them. And we are called to love them so they can begin to experience and see what the love of God really is. For they are loving the world in exclusion. They don't love God, they love the world. And then they act like they love the world and we get all bent out of shape. Don't be surprised when sinners behave like sinners. Pray for them. Share the love of Jesus Christ with them. Know how to share your testimony in a minute and the gospel in 30 seconds. Because you can do a lot of damage to the enemy in line, especially at five o'clock. See, if I text my wife, honey, do you need anything on my way home? And she gives me a list. I must put on my evangelism hat because I'm going to be in line for an eternity. And so I'm going to start to talk to people. And I'm going to start to talk to them about the love of God. I'm going to start talking to them about things. And you know what? I have cleared out a line before. It was a little weird, but I just kind of, I started talking to this one person about the Lord and the person in front of them just went to another line. Then they said, and then they went to another line and then I just scooted all the way up. I was like, well, thank you, Lord. I think that was awkward. But, you know, but the idea is that we need to love people. Christian love, agape. It is an unconditional love that we give to others regardless of whether they deserve it or not. And by the way, do you deserve God's unconditional love? 
Does he give it to you? That's agape. That's agape. He loves you unconditionally. This section of scripture has been often described by some commentators as the love that God hates when we love the things of the world. You cannot love the value system of this world and say that you love God at the same time. They're they're opposed to one another. You can't do that. It's one or the other. You know, you're either year in or you're out. There's not this middle ground. We either love God fully and have rejected the world or we love the world fully and are rejecting God. And I know some of you right now are going, but pastor, you don't understand. I got it all figured out. No, you don't. Because in, in the back of your mind, you're probably thinking, but what? No, I think I got this thing worked out. I think, no. You either love God fully or you're loving the world. It's one or the other. There is no middle ground here. Because the love of the world creates static. It really does. The love of the world creates static in our lives. Um, I, I've worked in radio for a long time. And, and dead air, we don't like dead air. Dead air is silence, okay? That's when you go to the station and it's there, but it's not there. We know where to look for that problem when it's dead air. That just means something's not playing. But you know what we really hate? Static. Because that means something's broken. And you and I, when we love the things of this world, find ourselves in a place of static. There's, it's no, there's no real signal. It's just noise. How many of you can relate to that noise that you experienced before you were saved? How many of you guys can relate to that? But after you got saved, it's like it got dialed in, right? All of a sudden, everything got dialed in. You're like, oh, there's the signal. There's God. There's the love of God. There's my purpose. There's why I'm supposed to be living. There it all is. That's what we want. But when we love the world, it creates static. Because loving God and loving the world are diametrically opposed ideas. He says here, for all that is in the world. And again, another definition of the world. The sum total of human life in the ordered world. Considered apart from, alienated from, and hostile to God, and of earthly things which seduce from God. So all that is in the world, all those things that seduce and pull us away from God, and by show of hands, how many of you have ever been pulled away? Come on. Come on, yeah. Something just pulls you away. We can own it. But listen, when we own it, that means, we, I, like, that, that's confession. Confession leads to repentance. Repentance leads to forgiveness. I mean, it's beautiful, right? Yes, there are things in this world that can pull me away. Don't take me to a guitar center. That's what I'm saying. Right? A donut shop would be second on the list. But things of this world can pull us away. But some people go, well, don't love with all that's in the world, but I like my flowers. I like my garden. I like hiking in the hills. Let me just share something with you. We are not talking about the ecosystem as far as the world goes. All of the nature, all of nature is God's beautiful design and creation and nature declares the glory of God. Listen to what Psalm 119, starting in verse one says. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament show his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech. And night unto night reveals knowledge. 
There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the ends of the earth. The the glory of creation declares who God is and there's nowhere that that has not happened. You know, some people ask all the time, well, pastor, you know, what about those people that live, like, you know, up in the hills and they've never had a missionary go to them? And what if the Lord comes back? What happens then? I'm like, trust me, God has been declaring his goodness to them because the very creation around them declares his glory. Romans tells us that no one has an excuse. All of us, all of us are held to account for who God is. What we're talking about here is the world that is contrary to God and his love. So pay close attention to the next few verses or close attention, if I say the word correctly. It says, now, the lust of the flesh. Now, the lust of the flesh, epithemeo or epithemea, it's a craving. It's an intense desire for some particular thing. He says, look, this lust for this particular thing, and in this case, it's defined. It's that craving for the flesh. Sarex is the word for flesh, and it we could talk about the physical body, the uh, you know that which has the divine fallen nature, your your flesh, your fallen nature that wants wrong things. Another way to think about it like this is the totally depraved nature of a person's individual reasoning, will, and emotions that is governed by the fallen nature. So this thing, the carcass, this this is the flesh. So the lust of the flesh. By the way, there are. Uh, apparently a great variety of the lusts of the flesh found in Scripture and in the world today. But here's some examples of the lusts of the flesh. Matthew 5, 28 says this, Jesus speaking as he's explaining the law, he says, but I want to say to you that whoever looks at a woman and lusts for her has already committed adultery in his heart. Saying, look, it really starts, what's going on in the head, it's in your mind, you know. Romans 13, 14 says this, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. The things that the flesh longs for, cries out for, just do something so you don't have that. First Corinthians 10, 6. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So you don't want to lust after those things. I mean, it's just really simple. You don't want to take your things, your flesh desires, and fulfill those things because when you're doing that, you're giving in to that lust of the flesh, which is part of the world. Titus 3.3 says, For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Peter dealt with this. Remember when we went through Peter and we talked very specifically about this in 1 Peter chapter 1 where he says that we are to abstain from fleshly lusts. And in chapter 4 where he talks about, you know, we're not supposed to spend our, the rest of our time here in the lust of our flesh. We're supposed to be different. Bring me to life. You can't love the world and love God at the same time. 
Your heart can be loyal and devoted to one or the other. As Pastor Ty pointed out today, when you hold the world's morals, priorities, and things close, you do so at the exclusion of loving God. The love of the world creates noise and distraction that's purposeless. It simply pulls you away from God. Instead, stay focused on Him and His will for your life. You'll never be disappointed. We'd like to take a moment to share some opportunities to partner with us here at Apply the Word. One way is to become a financial supporter of this ministry. Apply the Word is completely funded by listeners like you, and each contribution brings the Word of God to those that may not hear it otherwise. Donations can be made at our website, watersprings.net. Even greater than financial support is your commitment to partner with us in prayer. If you're praying, would you let us know? Send us a quick note to apply the word at watersprings.net. That's apply the word at watersprings.net. When you lust for the things of the world or allow pride to take the place of godly dependence, you lose perspective of God's goodness. You lose your faith and drift away from God. Yet as Pastor Ty will explain, all the things and the values that you seek after in this world, they're just temporary. They won't satisfy. They won't help you or guide you. Instead, seek God's kingdom, which is eternal and life-giving. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in for this edition of Apply the Word with Pastor Ty Orr. You can listen to more messages from this and other books of the Bible by visiting watersprings.net or by downloading our mobile app. Join us next time to continue our study in the book of 1 John right here on Apply the Word.